1: South Coast tonight. So, Marcus, <clears throat> we have a—I
2: um, think—a real treat tonight, right? Yeah, we have the uh, the District Attorney's debate, the Democrat primary, because that's all there is. I'd written a column about this a couple weeks ago. There is no Republican candidate. The Republicans don't have anybody up for DA of Bristol County. God. So you have a um, a Democrat primary that is September 6th, right after Labor Day weekend. Um, that's yeah. the primary.
1: That's the, and that'll be the election. And you have. Uh, Tom Quinn, the two-term uh, district attorney who was just a little background, I think, is is important. So Tom Quinn was, um, you know, he's he's been, I mean, he's been, he was practicing law for about 30 years on both the prosecution and defense side. He was first assistant prosecutor when Sam Sutter was elected to, the, the DA was elected to Fall River Mayor. He was
2: once went through a very rigorous hiring process, too. Yep. When, when he became a, when he became a a uh, legal advisor to the Freetown Board of Selectmen. Oh, <laughs> back in the 90s. So, Interesting. So, Interesting. so I know I know I know the district attorney quite well and his yeah. and his brother was our state rep out there, John Quinn at the law school who you know very well. Yes. Um, yep. But look, this is a very serious position. Yeah. And I think the debate last night was excellent.
1: Yeah, it was really it was it was fiery. And again, I, I think uh, Quinn's a seasoned prosecutor and, and yes. defense attorney, so I think he was able to. Um, and and Shannon McMahon, his opponent on the Democratic primary side, she was. I went to law school with her. She was a three L when I was a one L. I remember her being one of the best students in the class. Right. And. Uh, not knowing a lot about her legal work, I'm sure she's a, a very good attorney just based on her, her records in the, in school. But Quinn's experience is difficult to, to, uh, to replicate.
2: He's also an on the, a hands-on guy. Um, I'll never forget when they had that brutal, uh, murder up at, uh, the, the Bertucci's in, in Taunton, mm-hmm. um, where the guy took the knife and then if he killed the profet- the, uh, killed the teacher from New Bedford Vogue and, um, mr heath and uh and then he was shot by a by a gentleman who had a handgun with him in the restaurant they killed the killer after stabbing a pregnant woman and there was a district that's just a mess you know and there was a district attorney up there at the scene calming everybody explaining what had happened it was our first real big major mall type yeah brutal killing you know And, and 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 that is ben quinn he's been on the scene
1: um, and of course, he's a good, good, good attorney in, in the courtroom as well. Hey, funny story. Actually, I almost went up against Tom Quinn himself in a dangerousness hearing. Uh, I what was... had you done? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what happened was I was I was lawyer of the day with. So the the way it works is there's always two lawyers of the day in a district, any district court in the Commonwealth. Okay, basically for well I, any district court, the size of New Bedford. New Bedford's like the third busiest in the commonwealth. So there's always two lawyers of the day. All right. So it was me and this other attorney. So the attorney now works for the, uh, the courthouse actually, but it was me and this other attorney and they were, you know, that you, you basically it's every other case you get. All okay. right. This person, uh, had, so this per, this particular defendant had committed a heinous crime okay. 30 years ago. All right. And Quinn at the time, was the guy who put him away. Okay. So now he did something less heinous, but still pretty bad. All right? right. And so there was a dangerousness hearing. And so I was fairly new to the to the lawyer of the day program. Okay. Right. So I was like twenty six at the time. All right. And so they it was my turn, apparently, but then someone said someone that had said no that that's tom quinn's coming in to do this case give uh, it to the other guy who's been here for a while i mean it didn't matter i was a good attorney either way right. right and i would have i would have i think done a good job um but but they said no give it to the other guy and so then the other guy uh had to go up against tom quinn in the dangerousness hearing and then i remember going to watch the dangerousness hearing and i'm sitting there and he turns around the guy turns around to me and goes. I should have went and t- taken a leak so you could have gotten the case. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's funny. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, so that actually
2: to my point shows you how hands on he is.
1: Yeah, I that mean, he was he coming down, down to to handle this. He case. came down to do it to yeah to actually practice law. I mean, there's district attorneys that. Uh, Bill Keating ran as a district attorney, ran it successfully for district attorney without ever trying a case. Really? Yeah, and he's he's open about that. He's I remember him t- saying that in a in a um in a forum somewhere. But he'd never tried a case before, but he got elected district attorney. So it's 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 interesting to see you know someone actually, and I'm sure it happens in other places where right. the DA will come down and like do it themselves. Church, but. It's
2: more of a management role. It is. It's an administrative a hands-on role. role.
1: You do it so you don't have to practice law anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so so we have the debate at WBSM.com. We have we're gonna play you some audio clips Yeah, so so we have a whole story
1: on it as well. Paul Santos, who's a fill in host here and who was on last night, we talked a little bit about it, but we got some audio now. Kate Robinson was a panelist and asked asked some I thought pretty good questions, our news person, Kate Robinson. So um, let's I just there's some fiery quotes i think from especially especially from uh quinn and we're going to play them uh place a few of them now
3: off the street the public has a right to be protected from them women children innocent civilians the road to the revolving door of letting people out what's the translation of that answer i'm going to put more people back out on the street that don't belong there That's my opponent. That is unacceptable to a civilized society, uh, and the vast majority of people support that. I don't know who she's talking to, but I know who I'm talking to. People uh, support cold case initiatives, not giving up on cases, protecting the public, being fair. But also doing what you have to do so people can live, especially in the cities, have a decent life and not be terrorized by criminals who are uh, put back out on the street. 95% homicide solve rate. The national average is 54 percent, thanks to the efforts of the investigators and the state police. Well, since I've been the DA, 20 percent decrease in homicides, unlike what's going on around the country.
2: So I think that's a um, that's an amazing statistic. Actually. It, it
1: really is. Yeah, um,
2: that he is um, down. He's about cut the murder rate in half from the national average. Yes. So unsolved rate, the unsolved. Oh, the unsolved rate. rate yeah. Uh, I
1: mean that is that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So.
2: I noticed that. Um, look, we have to bring it up. Um, we we've had the story at wbsm dot com. We broke it here actually. That uh, Ms. McMahon, I don't know her. You you said you know her. You said she was a very good student. She was. She
1: not She's a nice person too. She was. A, she was a TA for uh, crim law class but actually. She did work at the DA's office before. Yes. She doesn't work there now though. No. So. So so she got into a, a domestic altercation with her husband. Right. And I think. It's a bad story, and she... He had cancer at the time. Yeah, it's a bad story, and she really, I think, frames it in the best way she possibly can, because it's a bad story. So the guy had cancer. He's dying of cancer, supposedly. That's what that's he what had a, know. Yeah, he had a, he had a malignant brain tumor, tumor, and they had gotten into an altercation. There had been alcohol involved. Right. Um, the police... Alcohol, actually, having alcohol involved is the only good part of the story, because at least you can blame it on the booze.
2: Yeah, the, uh, right. But so she got into a physical altercation with her husband who had brain cancer, and um, for that reason she had to resign from the DA's <laughs> office. And yeah. um, so, you know, as, as, as the district attorney says, he he goes on to say in that see in that's debate, one way of
1: phrasing it. I would say, <laughs> right. yeah, right,
2: right. He goes on in that debate to say that. Um, so so to be she she's woefully unqualified for the job
1: well so and here's the thing um just some cl- just to just for some clarity on that shannon mcmahon was charged with assault and battery in a household family member that those charges were uh eventually later dismissed and that happens every day in a district court where you have domestic s- disputes where the police are called and then one of the one of the spouses has uh since changed their Feeling about what happened, right. right? And so the case gets dismissed. Um, well, it's tough to remember things you have a brain to do. Yeah. So well, she, that's what she said. It was having a, a an adverse effect on his behavior. And even the cop had said at the time that, um, you know, uh, who who did the report said we wasn't sure that that guy was being truthful. But it's still a bad case. It's still it's a bad look either way. And when you right. run for when you run for an office against your former boss who definitely knows this, right? You probably. Uh, you know, you'd have to expect it comes out, right? Because right. why wouldn't it come out? Right? Why wouldn't he bring it up, right. you know? Of course. And so, well, um, Why wouldn't a newsroom bring it up like we did already? Right. We ran the story months ago. We did. As soon as yeah. she announced she was
2: running, we ran the story because, look, you you have a right to know that. Yeah. It doesn't mean that, but here, let me just say this. It also is not the only reason to vote or not to vote for the woman, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you, I would never want anybody to be known by that worst moment they had in time. Yeah. Right. That is never the sum of someone's entire qualifications for a job. But it's it's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the the worst part is is the district attorney is saying that she's running. Now, Marcus, do we know? I've talked to people who've talked to her, talked to her campaign. I thought she was running to the left of,
1: of the district attorney. That was my understanding. But
2: and it seems to be what he's saying. But I know other people say, no, she's not. That she's a lock? em am up. I don't the, really get it.
1: See, that's the problem: is that her, she's not running on a clear, articulable message, right? Right. She's if she if you're saying that she, you know other people are, are saying this about her that that's a problem with her messaging. Right. She's not getting her message either. She's her message is uh, some sort of triangulation of those two positions. That's a lot of credit there. Which, which (laughs) again, no, no, you're (laughs) doing the best. (laughs) Uh, It's either a triangulation, or she's um, she's not communicating what she is wants to do because what you see is. You know, in, in the story that Kate wrote on WBSM.com, you see, like, what she's saying is a lot of, uh, alter- you know, like, there needs to be some alternative, uh, you know, there needs to be substance abuse programs. Now and what's an alternative? Is
2: that like a timeout?
1: Well, so there's, like, drug court, for example, or which like, already exists. you can call it a
2: handgun. We're going to give you a timeout.
1: Yeah, so I, I think it's probably with um with other ca- maybe it's your
2: second offense. You obviously you like illegal handguns, but we're gonna give you a timeout. So
1: this isn't um. So I wanna I just wanna be clear that I'm not. This isn't a defense of uh or uh, an endorsement of Miss McMahon's campaign. Right. But When we talk about a smart on crime approach, which I think is what she said explicitly, what she's accusing the DA of basically is saying. What he's doing is just locking people up without without ever considering the possibility that this person could get rehabbed uh, somehow. And if you're just locking people up, they come out. Nothing is fundamentally changed because you haven't you haven't helped change that person. Right. So you don't provide any alternative um sentencing such as a drug court which does exist or such as substance abuse treatment or substance abuse treatment programs to change that person in a fundamental way that will allow them to not repeat their behavior
2: i will tell you what i what i think about her campaign is that she has become a vessel for people that don't like tom quinn for people who have an axe to grind against tom quinn maybe they've you know i know that some of the people that are backing her up are on the hard far left um who are making a case against him? I know that, from what I understand, she's regularly going around with the guy who was whose brother was killed by the fall of a police department,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the family, of course, is upset about their brother being killed it's, by it's the family. A, it's a terrible police. I mean, it is. It is. It's. It's. It's terrible.
1: It's a terrible situation. Terrible yeah.
2: situation. The guy brought in... pulled a knife on the far of a police, and they did what they do. They had to shoot him, and of course, you'd be very upset if your brother got shot by the police because he pulled a knife on the police. But you'd You'd often, after a while, come to terms with it and realize that your brother pulled a knife on the police and that that you get shot. I think doing their that. position
1: is they're they're they don't believe that that's what happened. Right. right. Yes. They, they they weren't there, but they don't believe that that's what happened. Yes. They think the evidence points to it
2: in a different story. And they believe that the district attorney is covering it up. Mm-hmm. That he's that he's carrying water for for the police in Fall River who they believe killed their brother. But I would say that. The fact that she's involved with that group of people for her campaign just doesn't make any sense because how is she then going to turn around and do anything for that case if she's actually going to do anything for that case? Yeah. you know. Uh, and I just think that, look, when you run for, for elected office, I guess her stance is that Tom Quinn is covering up the wrongful c- c- death by the police of a Fall River citizen. That's her position, Yes, right? That's a pretty egregious position to take. For a guy like Tom Quinn, who's been a member of our community for his entire life, yeah. for her to come parachute into town, um, and I guess she's sober, but for her to parachute into town, making such allegations is crazy to me. I mean, I wonder if she really is has stopped drinking. I mean, that's just a crazy,
1: crazy allegation. 508-996-0500. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Listen to us live.
4: Uh, first off, I would like to thank my opponent for agreeing to do this forum. Uh, I got into this race because I know that Bristol County can do better. We can do better at keeping our neighborhoods safer. We can do better advocating for witnesses and victims. We can reduce recidivism with specialty courts, and we can do better with securing grant dollars for the people of Bristol County. My opponent has enjoyed eight years of unopposed complacency. He has failed to be transparent in very important matters such as several police shootings, over 1,100 untested rape kits, languishing in his office for 12 years and surfacing during an election year when he has an opponent, and this unicorn of a greater than 90% solve rate. Factually, it's the police who solve crime. It's the district attorney's office who prosecutes them. And just so you all know, my opponent's conviction rate for all trials in superior court this past year is 46 percent is that transparency i submit to you that it is not as your district attorney i will work every day to keep our neighborhoods safer and aggressively prosecute the drug traffickers who are killing our citizens and children to continue the wonderful work with our senior population initiated by sam sutter and to always use an independent outside initiated by Sam Sutter of a conflict of interest. You will never have to wonder what have I not disclosed. This is a Democratic primary with no Republican challenger which means whoever wins on September 6th will be your next district attorney. As you prepare to vote on September 6th I urge you to ask yourself do you feel safer today than you did eight years ago when my opponent was handed this job? If the answer is no, it is imperative that you vote on September sixth for me, Shannon McMahon, the only true Democrat who has publicly stated numerous times that I am unequivocally pro-choice. Oh God! My oh, oh God!
1: <laughs> all right, all right. I'd like to thank. Okay, so and by the way, Paul Santos did a great job moderating. He does a good job. Yeah, Marcus,
2: you're you're you, you know you're on the left. Um.
1: What, what right. role
2: does abortion play in
1: the district attorney's race? Zero. So so, well, so, so then if we such a terrible it, thing. It's terrible. If we lived in um let's say Ohio or okay. Florida, then yeah, because you look at the uh the state's attorney the uh, state's attorney in Tampa, right, who's got like suspended by uh DeSantis because he said he won't But isn't
2: that insulting what you just said? It is it's a, it, 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 it assumes and maybe she's right. The people are that's stupid.
1: Yeah,
4: right
2: That's what she just said Hey, dummy You might t- t- John Tom Quinn's gonna take your
1: abortion In away. Bristol County, Massachusetts In Bristol County, Massachusetts It is not an issue that is I don't think it's an effective wedge issue For a local Democratic primary
2: You know what it is? I think the It's I, for low information voters That's sad what she just
1: did yeah, I I don't like it. I I don't like it as like the thing is is that I don't even think it's for low information voters. I don't even think it registers with enough. Like it just it's a weird it's a weird thing to pick a fight about. It's like you can't... on the
2: on the, bo- on the on the board of public works saying you're also pro choice. Yeah, right. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's insulting.
1: Yeah, yeah. If right. you did it, you'd be laughed out of town hall. Yeah, right. And you wouldn't do it because you're because you there's probably be with respect. there's probably a little bit more relatedness from the da's office than someone who manages you know the public works department in terms of abortions marcus would you pave the road to an abortion clinic no <laughs> there you right. go i mean right i mean, I mean that, that's, that's just I, mean, I will pave all ro- i will right. pave them extra right yeah if i'm pro-life i won't right. <laughs> i mean come on right. yeah no well the thing is is that in in like i said in other places this could be an effective wedge issue in like a Democratic primary because. Well, fortunately, she won't be living. she won't be able to live here
2: anyway. But for, fortunately, she can move away after this election and <laughs> run for DA where it does count. But well, well,
1: that's the thing. But and I just, I mean, look, I don't know the woman, but that is really insulting. I think it's bad. I think sticking with the things that she was. I think sticking with the things that she was talking about um, that are relevant to the job? That were relevant to the job, like. uh Police shootings. Yeah, like police shootings, right? Um, right. Like, so, so look, like police shootings, like... Um, like I don't re- agree with her, but she's right of, she does to do a police shooting. Offender, offen- yeah, uh, police shootings, offender rehabilitation, uh, things like that. Like, um, hey, we need to end the revolving door of the criminal justice system. Right. That, I think, is a more... A message that would more resonate with uh, with primary voters if it was done effectively. Again, I think to... to to go up against a guy like Tom Quinn, who is a political institution, right. you know, has is very well liked, has run twice unopposed, deep, deep
2: roots in the community,
1: and you know, she says he's run with complacency and opposed, and it's like, but the reason why is because people, I think, are by and large satisfied with his job, right? right? Right. I mean, there's, you know, there's, you can say a lot about voter participation and people actually paying attention but he has to, to countywide it. elections. Yeah. But then, yeah, it has nothing to do with it. The people that are paying attention seem to be okay the with it. The fact
2: that. of the matter is, is that it's a sign that you're doing a good job if you don't have an opponent. Yeah. Right? So
1: um,
2: the fact that he hasn't had an opponent, you don't go out to the, What is he supposed to do? Go to the homeless shelter and find an opponent? I mean, yeah. it's not, or, or uh, go down and get someone out of jail. Um, now, was she subjected to a dangerous hearing? When she beat up beat her husband in that drunken tirade, mm, was she subject to a dangerous hearing? No,
1: she wouldn't be. Not for something like that. That stuff happens all the time. Really? I mean, I've seen dangerous hearings. I've done dangerous hearings with domestic abuse no, cases. Just because when they but, were doing but, the build, the But they have to bill. be really severe Like in order for, for a DA to ask for a dangerous hearing for a domestic case. Okay. I've had it before. It's usually something really um, severe. Like, so, the, like the reason I like ask, you, they cave the person's face in. You the know, reason I asked like Marcus that. is that the other night when they were doing the dangerousness
2: bill up up on Beacon Hill, I listened to the debate, and yeah. there was a lot of discussion about domestic violence in that thing. That's what, right. That's what brought me to that occasion. I thought, gee, I wonder if she was subjected to a dangerousness hearing when she was arrested for having that physical fight with her husband. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Uh. No. She. I. I she definitely wasn't uh, subjected to a dangerous hearing um but uh no again for dangerous hearings for domestic cases like that there, I have had I I've had I've had one before right and it's was the case was pretty severe okay so um so the it, trauma to the victim you mean yeah yeah okay it was really bad uh the alleged trauma I'll right. say because I don't even know where the case went afterwards it went Sometimes cases, because it was an appointed case, sometimes they get out of your Because the dangerousness is separate from the actual trial for the offense itself, right? Yeah, dangerousness hearing, by the way, uh, is, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but dangerousness hearing is um, a request from the district attorney's office uh, that basically says this person needs to be held as a danger because, um, you know, they're a danger. They're a danger to the public, right. right? And so they need to be held for the duration of their case, uh, but, or they need to be held for up to 180 days, which ends up being the duration of the case, typically, right? Okay. But they need to be held for up, up to 180 days without bail. Uh, the judge can do that if they find dangerous. Uh, if they find the offend uh, the defendant to be dangerous, they can hold them for up to 180 days. Typically, it goes on long. You know, you come back and it's the same thing. Okay. Tip, unless something's changed, right? They'll 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 hold them again. But um, they can also seek alternative ways to hold. Um, Alternative ways to uh, after a, after a finding of dangerous. Alternative ways to to say like okay, let's keep them in check or under our supervision, okay, like that, an ankle like GPS, yeah, ankle bracelets. The the textbook thing is typically if they don't do a lock uh, if they don't lock the person up, they'll do an ankle bracelet. So um, there's you know there's a lot of debate about having a more expansive um, view of what should and shouldn't be held as a, as hold up somebody as a danger, but the problem is. You know, just even just holding someone, even just the request to hold someone as a danger can take up to three like business days, basically. So you can already, I remember one time I had a, I had a client and ended up not being held as a danger. Ended up, had they requested a, They can ask for up to three days. It was a Thursday. Oh. It was a, it was a Thursday. It was a three day weekend. They wanted to hold them till Tuesday. Right. You know, someone with a job right. would have lost it, right? right? And so the judge, seeing how—and I, and I, and I didn't think it was a case, and I was correct. I ended up being correct. I didn't think it was a case in which a person should have been held as a danger. Right. The judge immediately agreed with me, okay. and the judge on the day of that, of that request had said, uh, no, you're not getting three days. You, you're coming back. You're coming back tomorrow. Okay. Like I think you should do it today, but you're coming back tomorrow. They okay. gave them the. They gave him a night in in lockup. So just even holding somebody as a danger can be a major disruption of their life. Let alone right? 180 days. Now, obviously, there's there's different things in this new dangerousness proposal, and Chris Hendricks is going to be on from the, the House Judiciary Committee on Friday to talk about it. But I I just. It's difficult to weigh that against the, 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 the impacts it'll have on a lot of people's individual, you know, freedoms.
2: So in this, in this uh, what's interesting about this uh, campaign for district attorney is she is saying she's going to be tough on crime. At the same time, she's saying he's too tough on crime. I, I don't really get her message because I think she's, she, I think that maybe she could get somewhere. At least get she could
1: get attention with the police shooting stuff because it's because that's yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah, she could. She could. Uh, it's probably a more effective strategy, I think, to to try to hit on, you know, that the Fall River shooting or maybe Malcolm Grasha something, right? You know, to that effect. Even though he wasn't DA when Malcolm Grasha was was um Sam Sutter was Sam Sutter was DA. So, so there are a little comment about Sam Sutter. What, what do we make of that? I have a. So theory, what she but- was. Mike, I mean my my understanding is whatever good thing that she whatever good thing she thinks he has going on, she doesn't want to give him credit for it. Right. Well, my theory from looking at her campaign finance records
2: is that she's getting money from people who are very close to Sam Sutter. Interesting. So um people from out of state who I know are related to uh through business to Sam Sutter are donating
1: maximum dollars to her campaign. Why would um why would Sam Sutter have a have a um vendetta against well i don't CD know coin. that he does i don't know that he does
2: but he hired her um i believe he hired shannon and he may still you know be fond have a fondness for her um, or she may know those people independently of sam yeah but that was a that was a weird comment right yeah i thought and um and i happen to know from the campaign finance reports that sam sutter's associates have are giving her money um people he's related to through business so and they're from out of state so i i not that we don't have out of state lawyers doing business in bristol county we do um there's nothing wrong with it but i did think that was a very interesting comment she made
1: yeah i i think so i think so too i thought the you know again i think putting the the so with the 1100 rape kits too um again that's the best way to phrase it for an opponent to say yes. yeah well you also sat on these but you know, I think he's got a good out with that because the the crime labs it in Massachusetts are disasters. <laughs> Uh, d- uh, yes, I mean people went to jail for 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 the crime labs and, Right, for the for neglect, the, right? For the neglect and outright, I mean, for not even the neglect and like outright like nefarious um, actions that happened by crime lab uh, technicians. The Are, technicians were stealing drugs. They, the te- <laughs> were, they they pled guilty to it now, but the technicians were stealing drugs. One of them thought that they were part of the prosecution team and would analyze evidence. In that light and come to conclusions in that light and was said to have had amorous feelings towards a particular prosecutor um, and would message that person all the the time. So uh, in the uh, it was the uh, Farrakh and Duke in case uh, two uh, Duke in cases, one was in Western Mass, the other was in Boston. The one in Boston was a uh, was a woman who was um, basically for lack of a better term, fudging evidence reports, or coming to conclusions that would favor the prosecution and basically making these affirmations to prosecutors that we're on the same team, we're putting these people away and all of that. So the crime labs in Massachusetts have been criminally neglectful. But the DA is not in charge of the crime lab. They can't do anything about that. Right. In fact, actually, when I was practicing, there were no breathalyzers for... About a year and a half, I remember that. no breathalyzers were admissible for like a year and a half. I think there were specific windows in which they could be, but... For a year and a half, there was th- that was it. There were it was a, almost a free for all for OUI cases because there were right. no breathalyzers. That's not the case any longer. That, that were that's not the case any longer. As as my understanding, I haven't been in the courthouses for uh, for a couple of years. Right. But my understanding is that that's not the case anymore. But yeah, that was that was crazy. Um, drug. I mean, just to get drug certifications in general, it used to have to kick cases. You know, uh, I we'd have open like possession cases. We used to have to like kick them, or you know, the DAs would request to kick them. Because we'd be asking for dismissals, right? So if it got to a certain point where, we're like, okay, we're putting this on trial two, three times, you gotta get a dismissal. So people understand, you have to. They, they catch you with a white powdery
2: substance. They have to test it, right? Yeah. They Otherwise, they don't set. know what it is. Just right. same
1: thing with firearms. They have to. They have to fire. That's right. They have to fire a firearm to see if it's a firearm, right? right? The the police department does that. They fire them. So um, so yeah. So drug certifications would take uh, months at a time. So we'd have to set the trial dates out. My my, you know my my th- my my feeling on that was it's not our fault our clients are waiting for this open case and if some you of them are in jail it. right yeah some of them some of them were in jail and and it's like if you've got a problem with the crime lab that's a that's you know that's an a yp not an mp right but <laughs> but um but you know some oftentimes the judges would, would go along with it so uh yeah 508 we're actually gonna take a break we'll be right back Listen to us live. Back to South Coast tonight. Chris. Marcus. So, um, I think there's more stuff to play in this, uh, in this DA debate. Uh, I think that... We're going to play you clips,
2: but if you want to see the whole thing, hear the whole thing, or see the whole thing, you can go to WBSM.com. We have it all up there. Yeah. And I thought, uh, um, Paul Sanders did a very nice job, as you said.
3: He always does. Uh, By, uh relative in the superior court. So through the hard work and dedication, it's focusing on moving these cases through the criminal justice system. So all parties can have their day in court. And that's what we've been doing as an office, and we continue to move forward uh, in, with these cases. All right, Ms. McMahon.
4: Thank you. <clears throat> the first step in fixing any problem is admitting that there is one. We have a problem here in Bristol County, and it's not just the backlog, like my opponent says. We have major problems with the drug crisis, with gun violence, with abuse to our seniors, to our children, to our victims of domestic violence, to our victims of sexual assault. How do I plan on addressing this? Again, being tough on crime is being smart on crime. Every single nonviolent offender that we can rehabilitate is one more reoffender on the streets. Which is why I plan on establishing a veterans court, reinvigorating the recovery court, and establishing a mental health court. And to be clear, again, we're talking about people who are nonviolent offenders. We can create a ton of, uh, we can take a lot of the work off of the courts right now with the backlog if we do this. If we get the nonviolent offenders to rehabilitate and not reoffend then we can go after the people who are trafficking methamphetamine, which is now in on our streets fentanyl, which is now on our streets heroin, which is killing our children. That's the biggest problem that we have right now.
1: All right, the next question is going to be asked. So I thought that was interesting. No, I think that was interesting.
2: I, I, um, it seems to be that she really holds it. So, so Tom had to fire her. Mm-hmm. You know, he was gonna fire her, she had to resign, whatever. It seems because she seems really personal in this, doesn't it? She seems yeah. to have an edge about her. Um, I, um, from what I understand, people who know her personally really like her. I, 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 I like her. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and that doesn't seem to be coming across though. I, I mean, I think she's. I think it's an articulable. I think she's. I think this is an articulable platform that she's, you know, like saying, hey, we need to, again, the smart on crime thing is a very popular way to run for district attorney now. Rachel Rollins, Larry Krasner, um, right? Keep naming them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> come on tell me tell me some
2: other ones is gonna be like, there's <laughs> a the kid out there in los angeles uh, uh, in, in san francisco Chessa boudin
1: yeah Chessa boudin um but uh, i think there were specific circumstances there uh that were I mean, yeah. probably out of his control so anyway um i think it's a it's a popular the way the whole or- county was out of his control I think the popular it's 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 difficult when the police um literally just quit doing their jobs so uh it's also difficult when you're when your step parents
2: are suspects in a bombing of a said police station still to this day
1: well i mean crime went down under i mean violent crime actually dropped under uh Boudin's, uh tenure as da but the the problem was he couldn't combat like the vibes it was just they were bad vibes. Well,
2: he had. Well, I mean, his his first job was working for a communist dictator in Venezuela.
1: Who did he work for? He worked for he Hugo worked, Chavez. He worked for Hugo Chavez. He now. worked for
2: Hugo Chavez. So it's tough to then go from there to working in the American justice system. I think, uh, although maybe not
1: today. Maybe not today. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening.
0: Ah, the do once again back together. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. sir. How's it going, Don? <laughs> Hi Chris, I'm Marcus. Um, you were talking about the testing labs here in Massachusetts. Yeah. I understand that many thousands of people were wrongly accused of having drugs. Yeah. And based upon that, they get a quarry record. But for just until recently, you could not expunge a false criminal record. All you, right. Yeah. yeah they I... change that. They say that if you now take and show up in court with an attorney and you pay good money, you can get the record expunged, which is problematic because there's nothing in the Constitution of Massachusetts that says a false arrest record can be kept on any person. What is not specifically allowed is absolutely denied. So that's very interesting. I'm just puzzled over that.
1: That's extremely yeah. That is, that interesting, is interesting, right? Yeah, because um, that ruins your whole life again, anyway. Yeah, and, and and in fact, these the the. The amount, the volume of cases that came from the Farak Duke and, uh, let's say, rain over these state labs was so um, extensive that I mean, I think I started practicing years after uh, it happened. I and think it so. Was yeah. st- it was still. It was still there were still cases. We were still getting um you know, we were still getting memorandums and we were still getting emails from the bar advocates about what to do if you got these cases. That's how that's how abundant they were. So it's frightening uh,
0: again though, we live in a constitutional republic and if there is no authorization to keep an arrest record of a person who is not found guilty
1: how can they do that i agree with you it just blows me away so i agree Uh, i mean i agree and the reason you know they they do have so you know when you when you get a when you get a client right or when you get a, a case with a defendant you have their border probation record and they have a lot of charges there and oftentimes you see these charges that end up and you'll see a little ng next to it or a dismissal right which means that they didn't get convicted of the crime that they were or they or you get a quaff or something like that which means they were not convicted now you say well you can't use that against you can't use that against them, right. but they will. But right? everybody sees it. But so everybody, but the, ju- the more importantly, the judge sees it, and the judge can't unsee it. Right. Right. So no. The ju- but
0: uh, again, I, I jump on the fact that no authorization is given to government or granted to do that. If you are found innocent, the the entire record should be expunged right then and there. But well, right. you know what's interesting, Don- Massachusetts keep it? I we agree.
2: have Chris Hendricks coming in, who's a lawyer and on the Judiciary Committee, and I would think be sympathetic. would be sympathetic to this? Um, he'll be in what next week, uh, tomorrow, Friday, Friday, Friday to nine. We could ask him about
1: that because we, we, we could, what they could do at the legislative level to deal with that. I mean, y- yeah, we could, because I mean, I, I think that's frightening I always think that's the thing. I always think about that when they, cause you can't unsee the record. Like I had, I remember one time, exactly. a, a, I remember one time a DA was giving me a bail request that was higher than it should be. And they said, well, there's a murder on his record. It's not guilty. Right. Right. And I get it. But it's not guilty, right? So no,
0: there, there was a, a gentleman in Attleboro was falsely arrested by Attleboro cops out of a Taunton district uh, bench warrant. Well, the cops arrested him. And he says, "Gentlemen, I, that's not me. I'm not the person." Yeah, shut the hell up, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. They arrested him for disturbing the peace. The gentleman they arrested was black. Guess who was supposed to be arrested on the arrest warrant? <laughs> right. Okay. I went to the court and I saw the arrest warrant. All it stated was a name on it. So this man has a Corey record who's completely innocent. Yeah. And then there was the 15-year-old kid up in Saugus many years ago. He was the victim of a crime. When the Saugus cops got there, they arrested the kid. Right. He, he demanded that the record be expunged. A lower court expunged it. But the Supreme Judicial Court reinstated it saying there is no expungement allowed in the Constitution, whereas I screamed, you have no authority to keep an arrest record if the person's innocent. They don't get it. They just don't get it.
1: Right. No, I agree. The, um, I so can remember this, once.
0: This is, this is screwing up the lives of thousands of people who have court records.
1: Yeah, it's a so scarlet letter. It. I mean, there yeah. are certain levels. So there are certain levels of clearance that you have, right? But, uh, you know, depending on who you are and what you're looking for in terms of a position. And, right. But still, oh, there are.
0: Yeah, no, some people cannot be bonded, etc., because they have a court record. Yeah. Well, right. well, get it expunged. Massachusetts doesn't expunge them. Well, they just did. Well, I ain't got $10,000 to hire an attorney to do the expungement. Well, that, that's the, well, that's fuck the other part. being though, you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it yeah. You may be able to do it, but
2: but what it costs you to do it is incredible. Yeah, it could yeah.
0: be. and you can't write it off in your taxes either. <laughs> All right, <laughs> thanks,
1: Don. Thanks, thanks, Don. Appreciate it. <laughs> so,
2: um, I, I remember years ago, I had a friend of mine. He, he got in trouble. He, you know, he did something really stupid, not violent, but stupid. And he was 17, but he was arrested as an adult. Yeah, and it's followed him the rest of his life. Yeah, ruined it. Really,
1: can't get jobs. It's crazy. It, it is. It, it becomes a scarlet letter. I always, I, I remember saying to people i remember so there was a i remember saying to people one time uh, i was at like a umass law event and they asked well, what would you say to your clients like hey uh you know as soon as you get one charge then when you if you ever come back you know you're going to then have like you won't have a clean record you won't have the benefit of the doubt because you already got that charge right right so it just piles up as soon as you get that charge it's a scarlet letter Right. It's a scarlet letter. As soon as you get that charge, then you're labeled as somebody who gets into trouble. Right. And the options for you going forward become um, a lot more, uh, you know... Now, low. right? Yeah, blinkered. So, 508 996 We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, Chris, what's your favorite criminal um, procedure show? My favorite criminal procedure show, other than Judge Judy? Other than Judge Judy.
2: Um, I would say that... Um, the, uh, that show, it's, it's off now, but it's on, again, on another channel. I guess called Live PD. Um, oh, yeah. You know, because I think it shows the police really in in their natural habitat, right? And shows how difficult the job is and shows how most of them are pretty understanding guys. Mm-hmm.
1: I like The Wire. Oh, you're talking about fiction? Yeah, I was talking about fiction. Oh,
2: all right. Oh, yeah, The Wire is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the one they just had to... Um, we own the city. I think. Was oh yeah, yeah.
1: The same writer, same writer, And based on a real guy, Wayne Jenkins, right. a real Baltimore police officer, played by John Berenthal, and the role that he was re- basically made to play. It was, it was, it was. You know, showed police that was corruption. A, it was nasty. Excellent. Yeah, it was nasty. It was an excellent.